and the brave new world begins. When all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sins, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook headings, with terror and slaughter return. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Copybook Headings Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, this show is inspired by the poem by Rudyard Kipling called The Gods of the Copybook Headings, where every week we take an old saying, a proverb, a maxim, and we break it down to see what we can learn from it, see if there's any uh, wisdom that we can glean from these old sayings that are that's still relevant today. I'm your host, Patrick Payne, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Stevens. Andrew, how are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I am surviving. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Uh, how's uh, how's the family? How's everything going? Good. Just the kids are all energy right now. And, yeah. Uh, when it's when it's not chaos, it's a lot of fun. And even sometimes when it's chaos, it's a lot of fun there. Are they back to school yet? Um. So the the preschooler is kind of year round, so not really a change for her. And, uh, and then the, the toddler's still just toddling. Oh, yeah, I forget yours. <laughs> How about your kids? Are, are they back in school? Yeah, they started this week. I forget yours are, yours are so little, just preschool. But yeah, ours uh, mine started this week. So this is their first full week back. Started on Monday. So they're excited to be back. And and um, I, uh, I have one that's starting kindergarten this year. So that was a shock for him because he was used to staying home. And now he's got four days a week going to kindergarten. <laughs> so that's an adjustment. But yeah, there's, it's good. Been good. So, um, yeah, for this week, our proverb this week, we got a very common one, right? Yeah. Um, we have when in Rome, do as the Romans do. And I've heard that one before. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you know, I'm a a fan of all things Roman. Um, and this one actually though, I was not expecting how old this one was. Hmm. It's, it's attributed to, uh, St. Ambrose, the, who was the Bishop of Milan in the fourth century. So this hmm. is pretty old. Um, and, and the story goes that uh, St. Monica and her son, St. Augustine. So this is the, the famous St. Augustine. Um, they were, they were living in, in Milan and they went to Rome and they found that the, Saturday was a fast day in Rome and it's not a, it was not a fast day in Milan. And so they, they asked, you know, the, the Bishop of Milan, well, um, when should we fast? You know? Uh, and he says, well, when I'm here in Milan, I do not fast on Saturday. And when in Rome, I do fast on Saturday. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. So that, that's kind of the story there is that, uh, this goes back to fourth century Milan and Rome. Interesting. Yeah, I'd I'd seen the I'd found kind of the same thing. Saint Augustine of Hippo, uh, mm-hmm. he he wrote that I guess in his writings called Letters. Letter yeah. Letter fifty four is what I what I found. Okay. Um, so yeah, long time, been around quite a while, and it's you know still very much in common usage today. Yeah, very much. <laughs> it's a handy one too. Yeah, I think it is. So this is one of the ones that you picked. Um, Want to tell us a little bit about why you picked it or why, why you think this one's interesting? Um, 
yeah, well, like as as I mentioned, I, I like I like uh, ancient things and Roman things, and and also it reminded me I you know I took a trip a couple months ago to Rome again, mm-hmm. uh, and and I really came to appreciate the the Roman custom of taking it easy at lunchtime, and hey. uh, you know the the siesta, and I don't know that uh, I don't know that necessarily the nap is part of, of Roman custom, but definitely going home for lunch and and taking off work, closing up shop. And so I certainly took a nap when I was in the afternoon there, nice. but um, yeah, it's just kind of, there are some customs like that that are um, kind of, you just kind of need to lean into if you're, if you're traveling, it can be real frustrating. Like you show up, you want to spend um, as much time as you can, like in a city like Rome, doing everything, seeing as much as you possibly can. It, it might get frustrating to find, Oh, everything's closed for lunch, you know, everything's closed at this time of day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or you could just kind of lean into it and say, okay, well, the flip side of that is they eat dinner later, they're out later and you, you just kind of adjust your day and, and be more like the locals. And a lot of times you'll find there's good reason for that. Like in Rome in the summertime, uh, it's, it's pretty warm, but it's not like at least where I live in, in the U S where, the temperatures kind of peak around like five o'clock mm-hmm. in Rome. They, they do peak earlier. So you you're inside in your, in your house in the cool for the hottest part of the day. And then later in the afternoon, it actually cools off sooner. So hmm. there's good reason for, for some of these customs. You just kind of need to understand them. Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't know that about the cooling off in the part of the day. I wonder if that's a Mediterranean thing or something or just being by the sea maybe. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, uh, this is uh, obviously one that I've heard a bunch of times, one I've probably used before. What uh, I thought of instantly when I when I heard this one was, so I I lived abroad growing up. I, my dad was in the auto industry, and so we traveled around, and I, I lived in Mexico a couple times uh, as a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, just my, that's what it reminded me of, is my experience living in a foreign country, where I was a guest, I was not you know, I was a foreigner living in a foreign yeah. country and they do things differently there in a lot of different ways. Yeah. You know, I, I thought it was weird when someone would greet me, especially a female and they'd kiss you on, you know, on the cheek, you know, I know uh-huh. they do in Mexico. It's just one cheek. I know some places in Europe or wherever will do both. I thought that was strange, but by the time <laughs> of, by the end of me living there a few years, like I was doing it back, you know, it was just a common thing you did. Um, they don't do that here, obviously. So it's, <laughs> it's strange, but, but, uh, if I had put up a fuss about it or been like, Whoa, this is, this is weird. You know, I was a, in grade school at the time. So a girl coming and kissing me on the cheek, I, you know, probably freaked me out, but, um, it, I could have caused a scene of it over it, but you know, adapting to that custom, I think was probably the appropriate thing to do there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's probably the, the the best way you, you encounter this kind of thing is um, li- living abroad. You, you definitely notice it where you might not necessarily notice things uh, vacationing when you have a little more time there and you have more to day to day kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, uh, you know, living in Italy, there were a few things like that with uh, like, like I mentioned the, the afternoon break, um, the, Sometimes like a ho- on holidays, like things really shut down uh, that you wouldn't expect, especially if it's a holiday you don't necessarily celebrate. 
um, or at least celebrate differently. Uh, one one that comes to mind that where we got kind of stranded was um, Epiphany. Mm-hmm. Um, not a big not a big holiday in the U.S., um, but it's it's big in Italy. It's, it's kind of um, you know it's as big as like maybe Christmas is is kind of similar. Um, I mean, we do Christmas bigger than a lot of European countries do, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, like at least longer we do, but you know, it, you just, uh, you walk out, you'll expect, uh, the buses to be running, you expect shops to be open and just nothing. Um, from, and then another, another example, I guess would be from my mission to, to Ukraine several years ago. Um, one custom there, like I, I can think of a lot. The first one that comes to mind though, is when you shake hands with someone, uh, like at the door, you knock on the door, you, you're saying hi. You don't, uh, it, it's, I don't know if it's superstition, but you don't shake hands across the threshold. So you step onto the threshold and then shake hands. You kind of have to break that barrier with your foot kind of, and then, mm. uh, and like be in inside the door or they will step out kind of and, and shake your hand out there. So it's kind of, kind of interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, so apart from travel, uh, cause we do hear this a lot with travel, with going to new places, uh, maybe living abroad or, or as an immigrant or something, you're going to a new place, but, uh, there's this saying can be used in a lot of other different ways as well. Apart mm-hmm. from, apart from like different cultures or different locales, uh, are there other, uh, is there other applications for this saying that you think that, that are, are useful? Yeah. I mean, it, it can be something as small as like a family culture. Mm-hmm. Like when you're, when you're a kid and you go over to your friend's house and so they have like kind of different, um, different rules and, uh, different, um, expectations. Like, I don't know, there's, there's something going around the internet around a while ago talking about people from like, like where they're from based on uh, what, if they would invite you to dinner, if you were over at their house at the time they're eating, you know, Oh and, yeah, uh, I think I saw that. And I think, and there were, you know, Scandinavians, I don't know if it's general or specifically Swedes, I don't know, but will not invite you to dinner. You're over there at dinner time. They'll just kind of try and get you out the door or they'll just start eating without, with, with you there, but they <laughs> yeah. won't invite you to eat with them. And, you know, I saw that a bit with some of my friends who were, um, who were of that descent, you know, and it was maybe a little strange, but I didn't think too much of it when I was a kid because my family was a little bit that way too, because we're also <laughs> that descent, but it wasn't like a strong thing, but it was just kind of this weird expectation. Like, okay, well, dinner time, you go to your own house and uh, do your own thing. You can come back afterwards and no one really said anything about it. Yeah. I think that, I think that's a good point that the different families, uh, you know, you go over to a friend's house and some houses you take your shoes off, some you don't and some, mm-hmm. some certain ways. So yeah. what, what I think this, this saying is really kind of driving at is, is a respect for your host maybe, or respect yeah. for the customs of, of the, the norms of the mores or whatever of the, of the, the, I don't know, the, the majority of the people who live there. Yeah for lack of a better term, I guess. I, don't I, know. I think that, yeah, that's absolutely right. And even the, um, the Latin version of this, you know, um, si fueris Romae Romano Vito More. So it's live according to Roman custom. Hmm. 
is is really what it is the the do as the Romans do is live according to Roman custom. So yeah, it is about respecting the way other people do it. Um, also, in so doing, saves you from grief from from kicking against the pricks with mm-hmm. expecting people to do it your way. That can be very frustrating if you expect things to be a certain way and they're just not. Yeah. Um, we, we had many experiences like that in Mexico. The, life is slower there. Um, time schedules aren't as strictly adhered to as they are in the United States. If someone says they'll yeah. do it in an hour in the United States, they mean pretty much an hour in an hour, you know, it, mm-hmm. if it's two hours, you're probably going to start getting irritated, you know, uh, in Mexico, it's not, it's, it's a little more, it's a little more flexible, you know? And so, and that's just the way they do it. And so you can get mad and as the visitor, as the guest in the country and say, well, you guys should all be doing it my way. Cause you said it was an hour. It's like, well, yeah, but <laughs> that's not, you know, just the customs is a little more flexible down here. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And uh, I think this is an important thing to remember nowadays because we see a lot of, you know, disrespect for, for people, a lot of different disrespect for customs and cultures where people think, that, you know, people should cater to them or to, we kind of have a hyper individualistic society, you know, where everyone thinks that they're entitled to something or they're deserving of this, that, and the other, rather than them being flexible and adapting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's definitely true with Americans in particular. That's kind of how we are. Yeah. Um, and hence, you know, bad reputations abroad and, for mm-hmm. example, with the, oh the, yeah, the rude American tourist uh, stereotype, but also <laughs> the rude, uh, you know, the the Karen stereotype with you know demanding, you know, speaking to the manager if things aren't exactly right your way or things like that. Um, similar, it's in the similar vein. Yeah, what do you think um, about you know with how this applies to the concept of multiculturalism, where you have a country like the United States that has pockets of different cultures, like you'll have, you know, you go down towards the border, you will have towns that are very Hispanic. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll have, you know, maybe on the coast, you'll have pockets of, you know, more Asian uh, cultures and, and various things, and then all sorts of other things for, throughout. How do you think that applies to, to that? Do you think as Im- immigrants to a country, you should, do as the Romans do as the Americans do when you're in America? Or do you think, uh, you know, uh, we as Americans should kind of be more, more adapting towards these pockets of, of different people? Yeah, I think, I think people should, should adapt to where they are for sure. Um, and I think that is beyond just, um, you know, foreign immigrants, I think internal immigration, for example, if, or just traveling around your own country, it's a big country. There's a lot of cultures, you know, thinking of my, my Southern friends with who very much, you know, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Kind of stuff that, and that's Mm -hmm. not how I was raised and that's not really how my kids are raised. But, you know, if we travel there, I'm trying to get my kids to do it because that's how it is. That's what's polite there. Right. You want, you don't want to come across as rude. Um, so I I think there's definitely value in, in paying attention to that kind of stuff and, and trying to fit in with, with the local cultures as much as, you know, it fits your morality, I guess, if, if there's issues like that, but, um, yeah. And the morality may be a point we want to touch on. Uh, uh, but I, 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 to your point, I, we recently moved to a small, very small town from a pretty big city Mm -hmm. and there was some culture shock there. 
I remember some people came over from, from our lo- local church to kind of help us move in. You know, we had the, the U-Haul show up and we were unloading stuff and I met yeah. a guy from the church. And then like two days later, I was at the little grocery store. We have one grocery store in our town and uh, he was there with his wife and they started chatting with me and I said, hi. And, and then they just kept chatting and yeah. then they kept chatting <laughs> and they kept chatting. And I mean, and it was like, I was expecting like five minute conversation. We sat there, st- sat there for like 25 minutes and many times, many times my internal clock was like, dude, wrap it up. You know, it's time to go. But then I was like, wait wait. <laughs> I had to like force myself to be like, this is a small town living like that. If I excuse myself too soon, that could be seen as rude. Cause you know, people are just a little bit slower moving around here and they take their time and they, they kind of are friendlier. And so yeah. I kind of had to force myself to stop and, and it was actually ended up being a really pleasant conversation. That's yeah. That's a great example. Uh, always, uh, kind of do that, do that check when, you, right. when you're, uh, when you're in a circumstance like that, like, okay, wait, is this, is this something I need to be changing about myself or, or at least uh, sensitive to on their end? Yeah. And it was weird because there was no real rush on my part. There was nothing I needed to get back to necessarily. Yeah. It was like a Saturday afternoon. Like there was nothing going on, you know, it was just yeah, my but, own sense of time's up. Yeah. Time to leave. Yeah, but yeah, like, I mean, living in a bigger town, like you get used to like just being anonymous and, and those kinds of public places. So you can just zip through yep. and move on to your next thing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect to spend half an hour at the store, just running for a gallon of milk or something, you know, I expect <laughs> to be in and out, but yeah, that's just kind of how it was. So, but yeah, going back to the the thing we said, so there's going to be, there's obviously a limit to this. When we're talking about cultures, this is very valuable. Well, what about when you're talking about morality or ethics or principles where your sense of right and wrong may differ significantly yeah. from the people around you? Yeah, that's that's another thing, um, you know, culture shock type thing with um, my time in Ukraine. That a uh, couple things that are big there are drinking alcohol and drinking tea. Two mm-hmm. things I do not do, um, and it's a social thing. And so you can, like, by refusing, you can come across a little bit rude. Um, I mean, if you say it's it's for religious reasons and stuff and stuff like that, then uh, people are fairly understanding about that. But it is you you're still going to be odd. Um, mm-hmm. That that's one way. Uh, another one was like um, bribery, you know, in some places, right? Yeah. That's, that's uh-huh. kind of accepted, or, or the way things are, you get pulled over. Yeah, and uh, the expectation is you're going to bribe the police officer and they really don't know what to do with you if you don't try and bribe them. Uh, Right. (laughs) And so things, things like that. I'm sure you've run into uh, these kinds of, these kinds of things too. For sure. Yeah. How religious, out of curiosity, how religious was uh, Ukraine as a country when you spent your time there? Not terribly. Um, Mm -hmm. It's pretty. um, They were not far out of Soviet times at that point, right? Only about, only been about 10 years, 10, 12 years since uh, the collapse of the Soviet Union. So pretty, pretty secular, pretty atheistic in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, there were still, you, your average person would still say they were you know, Christian or Orthodox. Uh-huh. Uh, but as far as like particularly devout, you, that, that wasn't really super common. Yeah, it must have been an interesting experience as a religious missionary there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, my experiences in Mexico are the same. 
you mentioned the kind of the grease in the wheels to get things moving. Sometimes you just have to pay some money and that's not mm-hmm. a common thing we do in the United States. Yeah. But in lots of parts of the world, it's like, well, you know, you got to give this guy some money. You know, it's like, if you want things to start moving, you got to, you got to grease the skids. And, and, uh, as you know, we would, th- we would be scandalized by that. And, uh, but yeah, that's kind of how it's done there or else nothing, nothing moves. Yeah. Or even just, you know, just, yeah, just to, to kind of pay your way up to the front of the line for something and not even like an official thing or a yep. legal thing. It's just whoever's paying the most kind of gets served first and, <laughs> Kind of strange. So it can be kind of, it doesn't work with our system, our sense of fairness, you know? Right. Right. And it can be kind of tricky because, because you, you kind of have to ask yourself in that situation, where's my morality drawing the line is paying some money to get to the front of the line. Is that unfair or is that just a cultural thing? You know, is that, am I, am I doing something wrong? You know, everybody's doing that. And, but at some point, if everyone's doing something that you really do think is, is wrong, um, you know, then, then obviously you got to, you got to have some line where you're not going to, not going to, not going to cross it. So this is a, this is a, a little bit of a tricky one where you have to know where that, that line is between culture and right and wrong. Yeah. So another question I had was, um, we usually will do the inverse of these, these sayings, right? So mm-hmm. in, in the poem, Kipling's poem, he talks about the gods of the copybook heading. He talks about the gods of the marketplace, which are kind of the, the, the pull, the tug against these, um, the common popular, you know, go with the flow type of society. What does society think about this one? Does society think you should do as the Romans do when you're in Rome or should you march, march your, the beat of your own drum? No, I think this one's, um, it, this one's funny. Cause I think people would instinctively be like, Oh yeah, that that's true. But, but when it comes down to it, like with, um, political positions and policies and, and, and attitudes like that. I think a lot of people take the opposite, um, tact on this one and just, uh, you know, with immigration, you know, they want people to assimilate to the people coming in to make their lives easier, which is under an understandable sentiment, right? You want to make, you want to make things easier for other people. If you're, if your life's okay, you want to try and make it easier for other people. Um, so it's, I don't think it's coming from a bad place, but mm-hmm. it's, but it is counter to, to this idea, um, or, you know, cultural, like regional, regional differences in the, in the U S even. Yeah. Big time. I think there's, there's a lot of, uh, people expect it to kind of get flattened to a monoculture of, mm-hmm. of the U S which, um, I think hurts a lot of people or at least, uh, raises the hackles of a lot of people that they don't, you know, they like their little regional identity and, and they don't want to, they don't want that someone else's, uh, someone else's culture forced on them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the internet kind of exacerbates that because you see videos from other places and you'll see, you see, you know, people from a rural place seeing a video from somewhere in the, in an urban setting, like, well, I would never let someone get, get up in my face like that. Or yeah. it's like, well, man, well, if you live in New York city, like that's kind of how it is all the time. And then vice versa too. You, you know, the, the city dwellers will be like, well, in the rural towns, I would never do this or that, or you can't do that. Or, you know, you got to expect people are going to be this, that, or the other, but it's just not that way in some teeny town in, you know, West Texas or something, as opposed to a big metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, I think, um, all the time I see that all the time. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think there, there's been a lot of tensions in the past couple of years in a lot of places where with, with COVID and a lot of people doing work from home, there's a lot of kind of internal migration from, you know, from places that are, do things one way to, to more rural places. And, and unlike you, probably not super sensitive about it, right? They're like, why is this person talking to me? Like, why is the checkout person talking to me at the grocery store? They shouldn't be talking to me. They don't talk to me back where I came from in the city. Yeah. Why are they uh, asking me these questions? <laughs> why, yeah. Like, why are they so, so intrusive with their questions? Like, well, that's just how it is here. Like, you don't, you, people are curious about other people and it comes across as nosy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, there's, uh, I mean, there's obviously there's pros and cons to, to that. So I I've mentioned before, I live in a town where people are really helpful to one another, but it's, harder to be helpful if you don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like I recently, I recently had a medical procedure done. I'm kind of a little bit laid up at the moment. So our neighbor just mowed our lawn for us because they knew it. They knew I was going to probably have a hard time, hard yeah. time doing it. But uh, you know, if you don't know what's going on with your neighbor's life, it's kind of hard to help. So, but yeah, if you're not used to that, if you live in a town of 10 million people, you know, or a city of 10 million people, you're not going to, it's going to be pretty weird hearing someone, you know, asking you what you're going to the doctor for. <laughs> You know, yeah. I'd be like, no, your business what I'm going to the doctor for. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do you think about anything else with the uh, prevailing cultural attitude towards this, this concept? Do you think it's people go with it or, or fight against it? Yeah. I kind of think that uh, I kind of tend to agree with you that they play, pay lip service to it, but I don't think people really, really believe it very much. Mm-hmm. I still think people are like, well, you know, I still think everyone kind of has a, this concept of their, their culture is the right culture. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. And, and, um, it's important to remember that, uh, there's a lot of ways, a lot of ways to live your life, a lot of ways to do things. And like we mentioned before, I think it's more common to see the strife in between, you know, within the country because it's easier to, to, I think be a little bit more understanding when someone else looks completely different than you. They got different yeah. skin color. They got different facial features. They're speaking a different language. You can be like, okay. But if it's another American and they're living their lives completely differently, I think people balk at that a little bit more. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think they should because, you know, so it was a big country, you know, and there's a lot of different little pockets of varying cultures, you know, subcultures within, within our country and, and understanding those and being respectful of the, the predominant culture I think is important. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And it reminds me, I was having a conversation with, with a friend a, a year or so back and kind of, yeah, I, I think, it, I think that the gist of, w- of what we talked about was that um, it's important to, to let people have their, their cultures locally, you know, mm-hmm. and, and respect that. That, um, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking of Utah uh, at the time with, um, you know, settled by, by Mormon pioneers and there's a lot of peculiarities with the culture here and it Mm -hmm. trickled into, into, you know, the law and, and other practices. So where for a long time here, you know, you couldn't buy alcohol on Sundays type things or, and Mm -hmm. a lot of stores just closed. It wasn't a law, but they just figured no one's shopping on Sunday. So we'll just close. 
Um, and I think, I think that's good because I think, you know, if, if the, the majority of the people in an area kind of want that kind of way of life, other people should respect that because somewhere else people are going to live completely different. And that maybe that's a, a better fit for, for people. And, you know, we have that option to kind of self sort a bit into find the cultures that, that we like. It's easier than ever, right. but also it gets, um, I think people are less willing to let others to, to let there be a, a prevailing culture. That's not, um, that they disagree with. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, it's anywhere you go, it's really obnoxious when you're the outsider coming in and trying to change the place that you're there or criticizing yeah. the people who are there. It, it comes across as really rude and obnoxious and we see it all the time. Uh, I live in Idaho and you know, man, they don't like Californians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I moved here, not, not from California, I moved here from Arizona, but I even saw, I, so all my dad's side of the family is from Arizona. My mom's side's from Idaho. So my uncles and cousins are up here and my mom grew up here. And I made, I, I made sure to be clear on that when I moved here. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. My, all my mom's from sides yeah. <laughs> are from Arizona, but yeah, like, <laughs> we have ties here. Cause, cause man, a lot of people around here are sick and tired of people moving in from out of state and be like, well, you know, we're going to do things differently now. It's like, well, this isn't, this yeah. is a, this is our place. Like we've been yeah. here for, <laughs> you like it. Cause it's the, cause of the way we do things <laughs> like that's exactly. what's nice to be here. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, this is a good one, man. And I think uh, it's important to just have, I, I don't know. I always try to kind of find an underlying um, a principle or moral to, to all these. And I think this one just kind of, kind of comes down to respect, doesn't it? Just respect for others and respect for, yeah. for their way of life. Yeah, absolutely. You go, um, you go to someone else's house, someone else's country, kind of try and observe, ask questions and, and, and to the best that you can, uh, fit in and, and don't make life harder for the people there. Yeah. hundred percent. Be respectful when you're the one uh, visiting. And I don't think it's disrespectful to require that of visitors. If you're the one, yeah. if you're the one there either. So I think that's the best way to, to avoid you know, bad strife and bad things is to, uh, respect the norms of the, of the majority where you're at. So, uh, remember when, when in Rome do as the Romans do. So <laughs> I think that's about, uh, about out of time. Yeah. Any last thoughts on this one or, uh, uh no, that, that was great. Let's, uh, just check us out on, on Twitter and on Instagram and, uh, on our Substack, And, uh, we will, uh, we are, the gosh, I'm gonna we are copybook at copybook podcast on Twitter. There we go. And yep. uh, follow and, us on all your favorite social medias and uh, yeah. don't forget to subscribe. So <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs> we'll see you. Bye. There are only four things certain since social progress began that the dog returns to his vomit, and the sow returns to her mother. And the burnt fool's bandaged finger goes wobbling back to the fire. And that after this is accomplished, and the brave new world begins, when all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sin, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook idiots, with terror and slaughter return.